Welcome to the Rugby Bits Podcast, brought to you by bet.co.za. Thank you for listening wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please subscribe and drop a five-star rating to share this podcast with the rugby world. Please also visit bet.co.za for some awesome deals and markets for the rugby championship currently going. My name is Tala, and today I'm joined by Cooks, and we are going to do a short preview um, podcast for the second week of the rugby championship, and in particular, the second test between New Zealand and South Africa. So last week, I did this um, preview podcast myself. Cooks has decided to join me in order to make sure that I don't predict a New Zealand win again this weekend, and just to make sure that I'm not lonely. So Cooks, glad, thank you for joining me. Um, we didn't have you in the podcast um, earlier this week, so maybe let's start with just what your thoughts were about the first test. Hello, Tyler. How's it, guys? Um, happy to be back on. Um, yeah, Tyler, like I said, I'm, I'm your friend. We're friends first, not just podcast partners, so I have to make sure you're not lonely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, just last weekend, the box were great. Um, I thought they, were, they just didn't give the All Blacks a sniff, and I thought whenever the All Blacks sort of tried to put something together, the All Blacks, I mean, the, the Springboks were quick, the quick to put the 2 to nullify that I think the All Blacks had a few sniffs and like there's a one where um, Artie put all joining to that gap, then, then the ankle tap came, whenever Bowling Bay made a half break or still trying to create something, they, they sort of were able to shut it down so quickly. Yeah, the box were very impressive last week. I thought the pack was great. I think that's sort of a performance that took all the boxes of the box all the bo- for Bok wins or took all the boxes, great set piece, uh, great kicking game, great, great kick chase. Uh, I took our cho- took our opportunities very well. Uh, the two we had we had a couple of chances with ball in hand, but the two big chances we had, we were able, we were able to take them. And then um, I thought Andre, that's what that was one of his best tests in a very very long time. Probably up I probably almost say World Cup final. Um, yeah, he, he was good in the Lions series, but I thought that was in terms of just obviously controlling the game, taking the points, I thought he was very good and just sort of ran the show very nicely. And I, I thought that he had a very strong game. I thought, yeah, as you can sort of see how the box were ticking. I mean, obviously, Mark Marks was, was, was sensational. Look on your arm. And it was funny because I remember a tweet, someone asked who's the best um, player in the Southern Hemisphere. I said, yeah, but it's a bit. He said, look on your arm. And I thought, <laughs> look on your arm. Certainly showed that I thought he was world-class again. But... Yeah, the box were fantastic. I think the All Blacks. It's weird, actually. I think I watched the game a third time. The other day, I saw this glimpse on the TV, and it's there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad All Blacks, but I thought also there was a lot more good Springboks than there was bad All Blacks as well. I thought obviously the box is a lot to work on. I think they'll they'll be even better this week. The, the box went the answer to hundred percent, but I thought I thought they they did the. I think the only thing missing is obviously. A little bit more on that tech. Tried to go wide a couple of times. Uh, uh, Orange got tackled out. Or got, tackled, got tackled out a couple of times and a few missed chances here and there. But, but that, they were just nitpicking. But other than that, I thought the box were were very, very good last week. No, I think you are on the money, Cooks. I think there's not too much that, apart from the attack, that the Springboks can be, uh, that they'll need to change for, for, for this week's test. Uh, yeah, with the All Blacks, we'll talk about them and their selections a little bit later. But yeah, there's a lot of work-ons for them. So let's get into the Springbok um, test side for, for Saturday. And it's a, it's a side with a, with a few changes. And if anything, at least in my opinion, it possibly makes the Springbok team a little bit stronger than it was the last week. So we have Oxen Chair coming in for Trevor Yagane at, at Lucid Prop. We have Dwayne Formulum coming back from injury to replace um, Jasper Visa, who comes onto the bench. We have Jaden Hendrickson that's starting. Um, he pretty much started last week's test, but he's coming in for um, Fafta Clark, who, of course, has that head injury. And um, Herschel Yankee is coming off the bench. And we have Jesse Creel, who has replaced Kirtley Arensa, who's both injured and suspended at the same time. Poor bugger. So only four, pretty much five changes made to the Springbok 23. And I think, as I said, I'd, 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 I'd probably say that this probably makes the team stronger because uh, I would say maybe chairs are better, lucid prop than Yakane. Of course, we all know how good Dwayne is. Jaden Hendricks is on hot form right now compared to Faf, who's not at his 100% best. 
maybe that's also why he sort of dived into that tackle in the first few minutes. But yeah, Hendricks is the, the man with the hot hand. And then maybe uh, Kurt Lawrence actually ha- had a great game, of course, but Jesse Krill probably is the more defensively solid person and someone that we can trust um, against Caleb Clark. But of course, yeah, Jesse, Jesse Creel is probably the Jorginho of the Springboks, if, if you want to compare him to someone in football, in that he delivers a certain role, he fulfills it quite well, but he doesn't have as many fans as he probably should have. So Cooks, Jesse Creel's been picked. We know that Kanan Moody has been included into the box squad. There were calls for maybe someone like Warwick Haaland playing at 14, um, maybe Damien Willemser playing at 14 with Vili Leroux at 15. What do you think, and what do you think of this whole sort of com- conversation? Why do you think the Springbok coaches have chosen Jesse Creel at, f- at 14? I just think first and foremost, like, you go on Twitter, obviously, Jesse gets a lot of slander. I think a lot of respect needs to be put back on Jesse Creel's name. Um, it's, 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 it's actually, for me, it's, it's, it's quite hectic how the, the, the sort of disdain you get people like, no, but Soja should be playing. Jesse Creel is is for me is it's also very good against the All Blacks first and foremost. He's got a good record against the All Blacks. Tends to have a good game and and I thought even last year on the wing he did not even let the team down. I thought he was good. He was solid. Um, he took his chances when they came. Played defensively and and for me it's just a creel. It's like you're not in this experience as well. I mean you you, you bring in someone is is he's been captain of fifty of times for the Springboks. Um, and and for me the biggest thing on the wing is. He's good enough to finish when we, we, we got this opportunity. He's, he's shown that he's good in there. I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't come through as a fullback. So I think um, the, the sort, of, sort of the respect, the, the, the disrespect that comes with Jesse is, 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 is a bit too much for my liking. But yeah, I think the coaches, they sort of see someone that's experienced, someone who's, who's, who's played in the Calder Ravellas Park, someone, who, someone who's, like I said, under the high ball, good chaser, solid, also very good communicator. I think it's something that's underrated in Jesse Krill's game is his ability to communicate and obviously knows the structures and it's tough to throw in someone like Kenan Moody who's just got in the squad he got there on Tuesday and it's tough to throw in someone like Enoch Alanis played in the wing he played on the left side where Jesse has played at 14 so I do think I, 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 I don't think it's even the, the Caleb Clark factor you know I think you know even I, I, I do think that the box feel I think with Orange it's, it's a like for like replacement with them which is on Kobe, but I think with Jesse, I think it's going to be, he offers something different, something, obviously a bigger body, and um, and we can hopefully use him in different ways. I'd love to see the box sort of use him almost in close quarters and almost, almost getting him running off 10, because I think it's something that he can offer and, and almost using more of a strike runner as well, because that's what he can offer, because he is strong and he's, and, he's a good, and he's a good he's a good ball runner. So I think that's what you sort of get Jesse Kill. And for me, I think you get someone that that's, 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 that's used to doing well against the All Blacks and someone that is will definitely make the most of this opportunity on the weekend. How do you feel, Tana? Yeah, I think I, I completely agree with you. Look, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I, I, I went to school with Jesse, so just sort of full disclosure, it's, it's someone that, that I have a lot of time for. Um, I think as a rugby player, like, he's been really good. And look, if there isn't really any other legitimate options at wing, Everyone else that has been mentioned, apart from Moody, who's obviously just come into the squad this week and apparently was um, busy taking photos of Mark Lottering. Everyone else is a, is a bit of a makeshift wing. So I think Jesse Creel is the best of the makeshift wings. And the most important reason why is that he's also a number 13. So your wings in the Springbok setup and that rush defense, especially sort of that ultra rush defense that we did on Saturday, also almost have to defend as 13s because they have to choose when to shoot up to who to shoot up on and 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 where to maybe stay back a little bit and you know we know how good Mapimpi is at this now we know how good um Colby is at this now but it came with growing pains it came with a lot of trial and error so Creel's the person that's most ready to do that and I don't think there's much point in throwing Willemson there because he's been they're trying to grow him as a 15. There's not real point in throwing Galante because he's also a, an option at, fif- at at 15. And both Galante and Willems haven't really played much wing in the last few years. I know, Cooks, you were trying, you were hoping for um, for a time machine to come and for Vili- for two, 2013 Villaluru to come out and to play 14 on Saturday. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to run it back and 
and I wanted him to call um, Hennington and Leo to come and retire my dad's for today at 15 if needs be. <laughs> just, 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 just run everything back. And um, yeah, I think that was, that was so funny. Like, this for me explains social media the worst. So I started my tweet selfishly. This is what I'd like to see. And it's like, no, I'm like, guys, selfishly. For me, for cooks, <laughs> not for anyone else. Like, <laughs> and I get like people like, no, but oh, my like, guys, I said it's all for me. It's like that's what I wanted to see. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I, I, I would look if if Vili Larue, you know, actually, very big sidebar. You know what team would be perfect for Vili Larue, the younger version of Vili Larue right now, is that island team where those wingers can like roam oh. around as first receivers. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Mac Hen- Will Leroux crawl so Mac Hanson jo- and, and James Lowe could run? That's, that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, he would be absolutely perfect there. But yeah, so I, I don't really see too much of a better option than Krill. Second of all, Apelele Fassi, I think he's more of a left wing, you know, um, his left boot. He's played in the left wing more, more so. It's difficult just to play someone on the right wing because if they're obviously a bit more dominant on one side, it, it makes things a bit difficult. So, and obviously, he's out of the squad right now. So it's not really a realistic option. So I don't think there was much in Krill being picked at 14 and, and with Moody being picked because the Springboks right now, they just <laughs> they only have one available wing or one natural wing in their squad uh, or someone that plays wing regularly um, with Mapimpi. So they had to bring in a number 14. And the only number 14s that you know would be in contention is probably Moody and um, Sinatla. So they obviously chose Kane and Moody. I think he's going to be a great player um, in the future. You know, I mean, he more than likely will get maybe a test cap or two, maybe maybe late in the rugby championship. So I, I don't have much of a problem with that. And I don't think, and I said this earlier in the week, I don't think the Church of Fasi has much to worry about because I think this was a picking someone better suited for that position. If Mapimpi is the one that gets injured or suspended later, then I think Fasi will come in quite easily and then he will probably be the number 11 for the next few weeks. So I don't think there's much of an issue there. Okay, so let's move on to Dwayne from Ulam. Obviously, I think we've talked about him quite a bit on this podcast and we've talked about him as more of a, almost as a finisher in, in a team. You know, he's in that sort of LeBron James in the playoffs um, type of player where he'll let the, or maybe in the regular season, he'll let the game go for most of the game and not do too much. And then it's five minutes to go. You need to get back a six point um, deficit. You throw the ball to LeBron. He's going to take the ball and, and, and score at every opportunity. So Dwayne is that person now where I can see him just for the next two years up until the world cup, you know, we don't have to play him every game, but he will pick his moments and choose when he needs to make that big turnover or tackle or run in order to, to 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 um get the victory. So I, I don't mind him being selected. And yeah, I, I think it's very likely that he only plays 30, 40 minutes and then Jasper Visa comes on in the second half. So Cooks, what are you looking forward to for Dwayne Famulum's return? Tell I think the best way for me to describe Dwayne this year was do you, you remember that we went to watch the semi-final of the Ulster Arsenal Stormers of URC together and um, mm. sort of Stormers sort of dominated first half. And then Arsenal sort of was going to try, but then second half, Arsenal sort of started sort of dominating and getting the game and sort of stole the momentum of the Stormers. And Dwayne, in that second half, made about three or four massive plays. I mean, obviously, yeah. Dwayne's he's, he's ball carrying, he's, he was busy, but in the second half, he made three or four massive plays, key turnovers that sort of you go, yes, that's why you have Dwayne from here on the rugby field. And I think mm. this weekend, when you, when my, my, my belief was with Dwayne is if he's fit, he's got to start. Um, if him available, you, you've got to throw him in. And I think that's what you can get this weekend where you sort of, him and him being able to sort of contribute and and, and, and pop up in massive moments, especially with someone like Marks not starting. And a lot of people are talking about that, like in the breakdown, it was someone with some of Dwayne makes his big plays, you sort of still get that Marks effect with all that still have no respite. So the first half you're sort of dealing with, you're still dealing with like the likes of, of the was the boxer great all around the, in the break time, but he, he still have to deal with Dwayne in there. And then after that, when Dwayne sort of comes off, you get the power of yes, but then Marks comes on, you know, deal with that threat in the breakdown as well. So, yeah, I think that Dwayne's, I'm excited to see Dwayne back. And um, yeah, and Dwayne is such a great big game player. It wouldn't surprise me if Dwayne does go, like, if we say maybe, even though he does go 50, 60 minutes and possibly put a man in the match performance, but 
mid you have the one-two punch of Dwayne, and then you put someone like Jasper in. Jasper and marks the bench together. That's that's not a fun second off. <laughs> not at all. Not at all for the All Blacks. Actually, one change that I forgot to mention because it was made a bit late in the week is Joe Dweber coming on to the team with Mungi Bonambi setting out with the knock. So that's Dweber and, and um, Oxen Chair coming onto the front row. And as um, I think it was front row Grant's tweeted, they've probably played over 100 games together, either for the Cheetahs or for Louis Boita um, back in high school. So it's a big opportunity for Dweber. It's definitely the biggest test match he's played and started in. And it's also the first match he's, pl- he's playing as part of the first choice setup. There isn't really other people being rested or second team or whatever the situation is. He's playing with the big boys and in a pretty big test. So, and, and with Oxen Chair as well, just an opportunity for him to play. It does seem like he's maybe fallen a little bit down in the picking order. Maybe it is a bit of horses for courses, who knows? But it's a big opportunity for him to stake his claim as the, you know, after Stephen Kitsov, he's the number one guy for the number one jersey. So what are you looking forward to seeing from those two in the front row? I think with Dweber, it's going to be high energy. I think, um, you know, the officer uh, in the loose, um, I think he's, this is such a, I think the All Blacks is such a great game for him. I think it's sort of suits his style. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to be in the All Blacks' faces. You know, it's going to be, I think, obviously, you know, Dweber, the biggest test, the test is obviously going to be set piece and, and, and and I do back him to get it right. And I think with Ox, I mean, I, I know if I'm not mistaken, Ox was in, injured in the third test. I think he had a bit of a niggle in the, in the Welsh series. So I, um, I think that also played a, played a bit of a factor in him not playing as much. But um, like, I think, I mean, Ox says, for me, it's, it's just, I think he, besides the Georgia test where he sort of struggled with, he's been great in a box jersey. Um, he's, he's never let us down. So I, I'm very, very excited to see him back. And um, also, I think, they're just such also very good ball carriers as well, Ox and Dweber. So it's, it's, it's I mean, Mox is a great carrier as well, as well as Bogey, but but like Dweber is a dynamic ball carrier, and I think that's going to add such such. There's a different aspect, which is the exciting thing about the box which I love the most is their depth. Is that each player sort of offers something different? Where like you know, Mox is ball carrying very great on the ground. Bongi is just great scrummager. Brings a massive energy with Dweber. Dweber is so dynamic in the way he plays. Same with that with Ox and Trevor. Trevor's great. Ox is so dynamic as well on the loose where Trevor still keeps up the loose, but not as much as, as some of the Ox does. So I think that's the nice thing about the box, especially in the front row, is the different, the variety and the choices and, and the way they each can play. So I think for the All Blacks, it's, it's a different way to sort of approach the than they did last week. Yeah, and I think let's maybe talk about that different approach because... There's a few changes that are clear with who the Springboks have picked with, with their game plan. Of course, when they picked Malcolm Marks to start, it was clear that they were going to just absolutely blitz the All Blacks in, 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 in defense and rushing up to them and in, in, in turning, in turning the ball over. And now, you know, with the more, um, with, with sort of saving Marks on the bench and, and having that sort of play and, uh, and having um, Dwayne Vermeulen start, Yes, Dwayne is maybe, as we've discussed, he obviously can do what Marx does, but he probably picks his moments more than, than Marx does. He maybe won't get five turnovers, but he'll get two turnovers that completely change the game. So it's maybe a, l- a little bit more, not conservative per se, but it is about waiting for the All Blacks to sort of come into their game. But I think w- what you mentioned there about the dynamic ball carrying and the one thing that the Springboks did not necessarily get much ascendancy in compared to the All Blacks and where the All Blacks were able to stop them was the attack. So perhaps having the likes of Dwayne and and Che and, and Weber means that, you know, there can be a bit a few more dynamic ball carries that it's not just a one-off runner trying to crash into contact, but, you know, between, you know, the the power and the pace of, of, the, of those players and the ability in contact, that they can get things going, can get a few offloads going because, if I count it correctly, I think there were only three offloads by the Springboks on on Saturday. So, Cooks, what, what in terms of just the game plan? What what do you what are you looking for? What are you expecting from from the box on Saturday? You know, we yeah, I, I don't want to say that it'll be an easy test. Okay, I am saying it's going to be an easy test in some ways, but of course, All Blacks will bring their A game. We hope, but yeah, what do you think the Springboks are looking to do on Saturday and grow in their game? 
I think for me, it might be slightly more open test than last week. I think the All Blacks, um, I think then a few more of the, they would create a little bit more opportunities. I think a few more passes will stick. Um, I think with the box, I think obviously, I think it will be a lot more the same. Um, they'll, they'll kick well. They will, they'll, they'll sort of look to get the ascendancy in the kicking game and territory game. I thought what the, what the box able to last to was obviously snuff out any attack the, the All Blacks had and sort of keep them in there and sort of keep them deep in the half. I think that's what we'll see from the Springboks. And, 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 and I do think that um, we might look to sort of, sort of, sort of a, a bit more variation, also, maybe a bit more floating. Sort of, we saw glimpses of it. I think we'll see a little bit more this weekend. I think, um, especially maybe with all Dwayne is on, and then sort of try and sort of play out the back door a little bit and sort of use those options and um, sorry, and try and be a little bit more. I'm not saying it's not expensive, but I think like be, be, more, be better with ball in ball in hand. I think we will be better with ball in hand this weekend. I think it'll be a game. I, 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 I do see it as a more open game this, this, this coming weekend. I think. Um, the box, I think they'll be looking for more of the same as last year, but I think they're going to want to build from that and sort of want to create more opportunities from the territory they had last week and sort of put the nail in the coffin, per se, for, 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 for Fozzie. Do you, do you see the box sort of trying to mix it up a little bit, a little bit more this week with ball in hand? Yeah, I think, and I was going to mention it now, the one thing that I saw from the box when I just watched the game again was they tried to do the the backdoor pass so when you pass it to a forward and then the forward pass it like around his back to the fly half and the the, the backline can come in from depth and that's something that we we've seen from other teams um, throughout the course of the last few years and it's something that just gives the team a bit more space to to work around and to see what options they have in front of their defense so it's something that they've tried to implement they we did it once or twice during the Wales series I think we did it at least once or twice here and there is a, an opportunity there because this okay there's two things one as we know our set attack is not great like once a team stops our rolling mall or stops our scrum and then the ball has to go out then we do get a bit ponderous it does become one off runners just trying to get past a weak body or someone just tiring and not making the tackle which i mean won't always work as a strategy. And then number two, something that I, I think has dropped in our game for the last few tests, and I think there's a very clear reason why, and it's, it's, our, it's our favorite fullback from Strunt, is our counterattack hasn't been as good as it is usually. Usually, you know, if we get a ball from like a, an up and under kick return and we're able to, to tap the ball back, you know, that next phase, if, if it was going through wide to our back line, we usually score or make big meters from it. And that is the place where Vili LaRue is so important because he can organize the back line. Damien Willems has been fantastic, of course, but he probably doesn't have that, that just attacking ability that LaRue has. So he, he'll be able to sort of pick the gaps and, and show where, who needs to pass where, who needs to stand where. And for example, that break that Dialendi had where he probably should have passed to Lucanio Am, I think... Damien passes because Vili LaRue is there if Vili LaRue was playing on the pitch. So I think we, we just need to grow that counter-attacking game a little bit more. And that is a responsibility of the 19 and 15, especially. So between Hendricks and Willems, of course, they're both not, you know, um, the, the, they've sort of come now to be the first choice options there and they're still growing in their test careers. So they just need to be able to pick their moments better. So do they... Do they go for, does, does Hendrickson go and, and start with a pod before going out wide? Um, how does he pass it to Pollard, wants to pass it to Pollard with him running onto the board? Do they use the backdoor option with the forward to pass it onto Pollard? And then Willemsa, his, his, his um, addition into the back line, where does he come in? How does he come in? How does he organize the people outside of them? How does he expose the, 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 the spaces that are given by the defense? Look, Willems has the talent. I don't think it's a talent thing. It's just an experience and just a, a vision for the game that Vili has that not many other players in the world has. And Willems will have to grow in it um, if we want to see the attack grow. So, I mean, it's nice that we have LaRue as an option off the bench, but those two things we'll, 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 we'll need to, to see improve. And I think we just need to see. I, I said earlier that there were there's only six offloads, but only one from a forward. That's just to correct myself. 
um, on Saturday's game. We need to see more offloads from the forwards when they do those one-off runs. And I think the Springboks are trying to choose ball security, and that's fine. But if you want to break down a defense and, you know, you can't always rely on sort of forcing teams into mistakes because not, not everyone will be as bad as the All Blacks were on Saturday. So you also have to be able to take the opportunities when they come and, and to score the points. So hopefully we see that on Saturday because I think the opportunity is there for them to play. So let's turn over to the other side, um, the All Blacks or New Zealand, as we're calling them on this podcast um, for the next few weeks. So New Zealand have made a few changes to their team, changed the props, the grit, and Tyrell Lomax are coming onto the starting team. You have Bauer dropping off to the bench and Fletcher Newell, um, the Crusaders tight head. He's coming off the bench and probably going to come on for his debut, debut, as they call it in New Zealand. Cody Taylor's also replaced Dan Coles on the bench. I mean, pretty much the same player at this stage of their careers. Shannon Frizzell's replaced Akira Ioane as the starting six. You have Richie Moanga coming on at 10 for Bowden Barrett. And pretty much no other changes there. So let us start. I think, yeah, we, we're both um, paid up members of the Bowden Barrett fan club. And yeah, I think we, 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 I'm sure we both have some takes and some some th- some thoughts about Foster dropping Barrett, who probably is one of the only players in the background, especially that is able to still show his magic, even if the the the, the forwards are going backwards. Yeah, I Firstly, I'm uh, I'm hurt. Uh, but first, I'm going to Ellis Park. <laughs> it's the first time watching. I've watched All Black Supremos live since 2011, and 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 you but watch like, one of the greatest players of our generation. Uh, and he's gonna be on the bench now. So now I, 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 I'm out of fuzzy. I, I'm, I'm gone, gone. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's not even. I'm like the like I saw all, 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 all I asked for was is anyone as a Bowden Barrett. I just um I just I just wanted to see my man. I just wanted to see him and I wanted to see last week, uh, especially that first half. I thought he was low key cooking without even <laughs> well fighting for his life basically for the eighty minutes because because the whole place has been struggling and yeah I was, I was I was very surprised to see him. To see him on the bench, I, I thought there's a good chance to see him at fullback. I thought obviously with Jordan being injured, and obviously jo- uh, uh, Jordy couldn't have been injured. So I, I will say that Richie was. I thought Richie Moango wasn't too bad off the bench, and he's he's asked a lot of questions. But I think behind a moving pack, it, it, it's tough for me to to, to sort of leave Bottom Barrett on the bench. That's 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 the, that's the hard part. And I think this weekend, I think like. He's, he's, they always have a trouble in midfield the, for the whole year, for all year, all five. What's that? Five tests have played this year. The midfield has struggled, and I really thought that we would see a change. And I thought would you would be one mm. to come in. Um, so I'm very surprised not to see a change. Not to see a not to see a change um, over there, and um, yeah. But I do think that like you mentioned um, on Twitter, that it's it's, it's the most. The economy, the economy will sort of reset, reset itself. Selection. I do think <laughs> Fozzy, after lots of saying that it's, it's their best performance, we shouldn't actually be surprised there wasn't made too many changes. I think <laughs> it's weird. Like, like it's weird. Like sometimes all black. Like, I sort of get ways. You know, these things sometimes where they were a pass here and here from getting a line break. They were mm-hmm. sort of one guy sort of be, if, if if this guy was sort of in behind. Sort of if if, if, if if there's another playmaker there in behind, they, 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 they'll go on the spring box. Or if if sort of if someone saw the inside ball, they're kind of in. So it's like I kind of see this thing was like, well, next week or like if they're like slightly deeper here and there, I see him going like, okay, cool. This week, let's try and do that. Let's, let's try and get those options out wide. And, I, and I've always said, I always believe with the box, um, with the box. The box defense, you've got to be brave. You've got to be able to. You've got to be brave with ball in hand. You've got to be able to go back ten meters to gain thirty-three phases time. Because one thing about the box defense is, as hard as they shut you down, they do give you opportunities. And we saw that in the World Series, and we saw that last year against England, we saw it against the All Blacks that you can score points against this defense, but you have to be brave. You have to be willing to take the hits because you are going to get hits, and you are at times going to go back 15, 20 meters. But you can, if you do get it wide. And you obviously you've got to be that rush. You do find yourself getting possible box. Yes, they do scramble well, but there's not many better sides in world rugby that are as good as the All Blacks after 
post the line break. So I, I can see them, but I do think that the All Blacks need to kick better. Last week, like in the third, in the third test against Ireland, they played this big team game. Then they got to South Africa. They're like, well, we don't kick the ball anymore. So I'm like, like this is like the 2009 All Blacks, just running the ball from your own five. Like they've got to be streets. They've got to be smarter in the way they go about attacking the box. But mm-hmm. for me, it's like, yeah, I, I kind of see where it was, but I also don't get it. Like I do think, I do think they need like for that for that case. Like I understand. Like I read a great article that. Ben Smith, that known, the most disliked Ben Smith in South Africa, he did make a good point <laughs> where he said, in midfield, if you play someone like Dave Ivili, why don't you play someone like Goodyear at 13 for combinations? And also Goodyear is a great distributor as well. If you play Rico at 13, why don't you play someone like Tuvon Shek at 12? So you have combinations and Tuvon Shek also gives you that, off, that, that offloading ability. So it's like you've got the guys who can sort of unlock the spring box and ask questions, but he hasn't played them. So it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's that's the thing. The Oblacks. I don't know. It's can can this Oblacks side make us pass and score 20, 20 points this weekend? I I think they can, but with Bottom Barrett on the bench, oh, that's the big game changer for me. This yeah, I think you summed it up really well, Cooks. And I think there's two or three stats you can show as an example as to. The fact that the Springboks were pretty much unbothered with what the All Blacks were doing with the ball. So the All Blacks had 25 defenders beaten, according to the Ultimate Rugby app. The Springboks only had nine. But, so 25 to nine, with the Springboks missing, you know, quite a bit of their tackles. 25 out of um, the 121 tackles that they made. So the Springboks only tackled 80%, which is not good, actually, for, for, for a South African side. But the All Blacks only made... 29 more meters than the Springboks did. So if you are beating 25 defenders, you should be making 500, 600 meters easily. But they were just make they were just de- beating defenders behind the advantage line. And it's Barrett running for his life. It's Rico running for his life, beating one or two people because they're just obviously amazing attackers, having no options, and then just getting flattened by the next big Springbok waiting for them. So What's clear is, look, number one, I don't, their, their, their attacking plan was keep it flat and use the inside ball. Now, inside ball, I think, worked quite well in some cases. They just needed people to be ready to rack, which Frizzell helps a, will help a lot with much more than Akira Ioane does. As you know, um, Akira Ioane is not probably the, the biggest fan of, of, of hitting a ruck, maybe hitting Justin Marshall. But people like um, Joe... <laughs> I had to get that in there. But like people like um, George Bauer as well, not big fans of heading racks. The other thing is depth. Like, I don't know if you saw it cooks as well on Saturday, but the All Blacks were also flat. How many times did the wing have to wait for the ball to get to him from a pass instead of running onto the pass? And also how many times where the All Blacks were trying to offload to someone before the big hit comes from the rush defense, only for that person to be in front of him or bumping into him or not at a position to receive a pass. I've never seen the All Blacks be so bad with their positioning and attack in, in, in my life, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you, Charles. And, like, and times like this will be so flat where they don't have the time to sort of make a decision to catch and sort of play the guy behind. And I was like, like I, I, and I thought back to the 2019 game when they played in, um, when they played in Japan. And the All Blacks were so deep in that game. They were... A lot more deep, and they they, they, they kicks out wide, sort of try to catch the spring box out. But they were so deep, and they were saying like, "Listen, we are willing to be deeper. So if you press us, we we back our catch possibility to still get the pass away. But if you get the pass away, we're still deep enough for someone to catch in behind. But now they're so flat, and they try to play in the box faces, where it's like I'm like, you you're asking a lot from someone who's not accustomed to this gameplay, or someone who's also not accustomed to playing the box." You're asking them a lot to sort of make a decision in a split second and then try and get it out. But now it's because that person plays a bad pass. How many times do you see the pass going over the head, sort of rolling around? And boy, Barrett was like cleaning up messes and David Fields. Like, so I was like, it just seemed all helter-skelter for no reason. Where, and I, I just thought to myself, like, just be slightly deeper. Because the thing for the All Blacks is they got the best catch pass and skills. Well, I don't know if they do anymore because it seems like it's, it's sort of gone down with the YouTube, but I always think about always I always back to the ability to beat to beat players in the weekend, but they ability to get the pass away. And 
and it's together wide and, and almost creating one on one. The last of Jordan and, and, and um, Caleb Clark were hardly getting one on ones in space. And like I know, like Caleb Clark for the first sixty minutes played a game. He's like I'm just gonna run over Kurt Lawrence for, and it didn't work for sixty minutes. And like it's almost like he forgot that he was quite quick. But I do, I, I do think they need to get the balls in Caleb Clark's and Will Jordan's hand, but in space more quick. I mean, Will Jordan like. He starts kicking the ball into the touchline in the one break. He pretty much did what I did last week and, and, and watched the game and watched, and, and watched a test match and obviously <laughs> catch, and, 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 and catch bombs. That's, that's, that's pretty much what he did last week. <laughs> Look, um, I, I'm sorry to bring this up and apparently I'm the person to blame for this, but is the Doug Howlett curse starting to work on Will Jordan? So I told you about this thing. I, I told you. <laughs> I told you. Now look what's happening. And the last, what I'm saying is the last winger that's happened to you, the downfall happened in South Africa. Rokoko and Zivart in 09. Now what you look at what you've done. Oh. Tell her, if you have ruined Will Jordan's career, I'll never forgive you. <laughs> I'll never forgive you for this. I want to just keep yeah. Just, just don't, 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 don't mention the TH words. No. <laughs> because before I thought- that, that line break, for example, you got the... Before that curse that you mentioned, he's gone. It's yeah. a try. Now all of a sudden, he's getting ankle tapped. When, in what world has Will Jordan been ankle tapped? It's you not know, the first time since he, was, he played Pookie Rugby in grade two, he's been ankle tapped. No, <laughs> he's gone. But now the curse has come. Tyler's come. Now the curse ah. is gone. Oh, I, I, how, how well do you think um, Will Jordan will cope in, in Claremont? I think he'll do well there. You know, <laughs> I mean, no, I think I mean, you could be a legend by the time he finishes at 36. Look, man, Will Jordan's definitely a wrestling type of player. I think he's definitely going to be with that Russell, Vakatawa, Halant, Fiku type of vibe. So not Clement, not all of those like smaller Toulouse type of like, um, or Toulon type of like towns. He's got to go to the big city. He's, he's for the big smoke. So I, if Will Jordan's, if this is the beginning of the end for poor Will Jordan and he's not, he's going to be another victim of the Howlett curse, then it's got to be Rassing. And I think you want to see him cook with your boy. No, 100%. I think it's got to be Rassing. It's actually, like, guys, how Doug Howlett still got that record? This guy retired. Like, when is when his last year? 2007? There's been, yeah. there's been Rokothoko, Stevie Vatu, Julian Save, Rico Yuani. And my man's still got the record. Now Holo. Now Holo broke his damn leg because of this curse. Yesterday. Yeah, and he's Will Jordan. Now, oh, it's, it, it might take, watch, watch. Like, Bodden Brad's been getting close to it. And now he's got all these concussion issues all of a sudden. <laughs> and he almost died last week. All I'm saying is, what's, what's the hitting that, that, that 38, 35, 40 mark? You just, things are happening to you. Oh, my word. I'm so... Look, I would like to make a public apology to William Jordan. I am very sorry. I thought, you know, you're immune to the curse. I thought that your talent was too much and, and, and too good for that. But I saw the error of my ways. I saw that as much because all of my people was just constantly jumping over you the whole time that clearly this curse is powerful. So I would, I want to do as much as possible to reverse this curse. So anything, if Will Jordan wants to meet me um, somewhere in Joburg and we need to slaughter something in order for, for the curse to go away, let me know. Cooks, I'm sure we can organize a goat or something for World Jordan to be able to fight this curse. You see, he's in Josie, so I, I, I can chat to a few guys. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a quick turnaround from Thursday, but maybe before he leaves on, on Sunday, maybe he just stays a night. Um, yeah, we just get something happening. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Um, but we have, we, have to, we have to do it in bloom because that was the last time the curse that occurred, we'll do it there, just, you know, and then just uh, and get it sorted out and, and, and help our, our brother in Christ. <laughs> so I think there's also another, I mean, we've talked about the midfield. We've talked about the fact that there hasn't been much change there and it's just continue with work, trying to work something that isn't working. Just another thing that hasn't really been working is the blindside flank, apart from when Ethan Blackadder played. And look, I mean, Richie, I mean, Sharon Frizzell's in that Richie Moanga bracket of, I mean, he's played a lot of test matches by now. He's been in the All Black setup for a few years, but it hasn't happened for him. And I, I'm starting to think it won't happen for him, that he might be just, you know, an okay, you know, decent sort of player in the squad. He can play a test or so, but it's not going to be for him. So 
look, I think these are two big matches for Frizzell and for Moanga because if they want to show that they're the blind side or the fly half for the next year or two, no better place to show it than at Ellis Park. Well, I, um, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, the blind side flank position. It's, it's becoming a rare commodity you now to have a world-class blind side flank. I think in World Rugby for a while, we're treated to so many good flanks. But I look now and I thought to myself, how many world-class, proper world-class, world-class, top of the ring? I mean, Peter Steff. Um, what's his, Peter Steff. Um, what's his? Courtney Laws, what's the French guy? I think it's um Olivano, yeah. Uh, Michelangelo. Um then you look at, you know, like you look at Ireland, for example, is I mean there's they've they also use Omani there and they they've used Ty Burn there, but now obviously his, his fine life has a lot Doris to cover can, can cover there as well. But it's so hard to find a world cross blindside flank. And I think the Oblacks mm-hmm. had the luxury of Jerome Kano and also, someone like Liam Messam, who covered for him, who also couldn't get a test. Then you look at the likes of Stephen Lowatua, who was amazing and also couldn't get to John Kano. So they had almost three great blindside flanks, but obviously one was superior. Now that they're struggling to find one, I think Chad Frazal is, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I think he's tried and tested. He's, he hasn't proven to be, but I, I do think in the squad, he's sort of the physical presence to sort of, sort of to try and get in the box faces. I don't know how Cullen Grace is playing for Canterbury this weekend and not playing. You know, the spot, I'm a massive Cullen Grace fan. I think that's a 70 cap international right there. Whether it's an H or, or a blindside flank, I still think it's a blindside flank. But if I'm the All Blacks, if I'm like Ian Foster and all, or like all the coaches, I walk past and I see like Alric Rowe on the bench, I'd be like, why, why can't I get this person in New Zealand? Like, what can I do to make this person a key? Like, why can't I have someone like that sitting on the bench? Like, I was thinking, like, Alec Rowe, like, would be the perfect... That's what, they, that's what they need in New Zealand. That's the sort of player they need. And he's sitting on our, and he's sitting on our bench. Yeah. What would New Zealand... Like, if you did, like, a, 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 like a, almost like a football transfer, what would New Zealand give? Not even for, like, Alec Lowe, but just for... I mean, even someone like... Even someone like for, like, Hajiva Daimani, like... Just someone that's a big body, can clear bodies, is dynamic with the ball, is dynamic in the tackle. And th- I think that they would give quite a few players for that. They would probably give one of the wings precursor or, or something like that. Like, it's so dire, like the, 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 the depth that they have at six. And they've tried many options. It's like they haven't, they haven't. And I think, yeah, like you said, I think Colin Grace might be there. I'm um, like, Maybe you might, you might not have the size they want from, but I think like no one's, no one's going to be Jerome Kaino. I think that's the biggest thing. I think mm-hmm. what's hurt the All Blacks, the biggest losses, like, yes, they've gone from, everyone looks like they've gone from Ben Smith to like, uh, they've gone from Dag to Ben Smith. They've been transitioning to all those positions and they've gone from Dan Carter, the goal to Bowden Um mm-hmm. But losing Marnonu, they still haven't managed to replace him. Um, I mean, well, he's, a, he's in Joburg right now. He's in Joburg yeah, right now. He can play. I think, but it's a 12, it's sort of, but then losing Jerome Kano. I mean, like, I'm surprised that Ian Force has, hasn't come out like with the whole pep thing going, we cannot replace him. We cannot. I think there's a lot of players he can, he'll have to make that we cannot replace him. I'm lying for, like, from the front row to your six. I mean, to Brody Retallick to an extent, even though he's he's still like playing, but he's been injured most of the time. Like, there's so many holes in this team. Like, yeah, I'm sure we can definitely have like in the off week, like just a a full hour podcast on just all black New Zealand problems and wh- what they need to fix. But let's sort of wrap up with just looking at the the final details of the game, how we think it's going to go, and yeah, make maybe make a sneaky prediction. But before we do that. Um, just quick thoughts on the Wallabies and Argentina. So I think the Wallabies haven't announced their team yet. I think they're just trying to find out who's still fit and who's still playing. Um, they've been really unlucky with injuries the past um, few months. Argentina's made a few changes and their props, but um, nothing really too dramatic in, in, in their team. Um, yeah, very quick thoughts, very quick prediction on Argentina versus Australia. I will give it... I will give it to Australia, a sneaky win for Australia, because I, I would like for hopefully the two Australian test matches to mean something for the box, because that's probably the only way that they'll beat that um, 
Wallaby's curse. Oh man, Argentina, they can't keep losing games like this, Tola. They can't keep doing this year <laughs> by year. They can't keep losing games like this. Like, I thought Argentina were really good and then discipline. Like, we can't keep harping on the same. It's, it's been 11 years now in the rugby championship. Same story. Oh man. And I thought, they were, and I thought, they were no, good, they were good last week. I thought it wasn't, and I thought Chickas onto something, but discipline has cost them. But um, this weekend, I do think Argentina wins it. I do think, I mean, like I said, Roots, if, 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 like if I had a Kiwi, if I had a Wallaby pass, but I think I might get a chance of playing this weekend. I mean, that's how <laughs> dire the situation is. And it's just come off in Australia. That's only, that's only safe position. But mm. yeah, I think the, I think Argentina do sneak, sneak it. I think they, I think. Okay. They, they, can't, they, they can't keep losing games like this. That's, that, that's my reasoning. They can't keep losing games like this. They, they cannot. You know what? And I think it's just that they really had the game, not in the bag, but they really were in control of the game. They were going really well. They just pretty much could stop most of the things that the, that the Wallabies were doing. Quay then went off the field and then just their mall defense just went away. Then they couldn't really stop the Australians up front. Then, you know, they, they were letting Reese Hodge of all people cook them at, at fly half. Like, you deserve to lose after that. But then, like you said, there were just some amazing things in their game. Like the first try that they scored, that try by um, Gonzalez that they scored when Matera made that break. Like things are coming along and maybe, you know, we have to be patient. Maybe Checker can do something similar to what he did with the Wallabies in 2014-15. But they need to be able to perform for 80 minutes and not let discipline get in the way. And... Yeah, I mean, funniest part of that match was Lavanini thinking he got a yellow card, but actually it was for Alemano. And Lavanini just accepted it. And he was walking off up until the, the referee um, corrected that decision. I mean, Lavanini, <laughs> I loved it that. Like, he didn't hesitate. Just like, Ish, this is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is what it wasn't is. me, but like, it wasn't me, but like, hey, like I've been here before, so I'm out of here. Oh, man. <laughs> that, was, that was my moment of the weekend. Besides the horrible. The, and the, ref, and the Spanish explanation from the ref, which also, I mean, he was trying his best, but it was El Capitan, El Capitan. <laughs> <laughs> a Spanish, I mean, a Scottish person speaking Spanish should definitely be banned. Like, what do I mean? Man, it was, El Capitan, El Capitan. <laughs> it, it, it killed me. It killed me. And Montoya just insisting, no, bro, you can speak English to me. It's really fine. Like, those people that are trying to impress you with their posts and you're just like, it's fine, guy. You can speak some English. It's really chill. Like, yeah, like, like, like speak to me in talks, like in English. I'll like, I'll translate to the team. Like, I get it. <laughs> like, like, I'll, like, like, let's let's meet at the halfway here. Like, like, speak to me in English. I'll relay the message in Spanish. Like, well, it doesn't have to be Spanish. Spanish and Matuidi's like, talk. I'll play in English. I love it. I love in Leicester. Like, this is my real life. Like, I love in Leicester. Like, <laughs> mate. No, that was really hilarious. I think it's just muscle memory from Lavanini at that point. Another shout out for moment of the weekend is Jimmy Stonehouse singing Sweet Caroline at half time. Like, I think that's when the All Blacks should have taken disrespect. Like, and that's what I don't understand. Like, what the, like, how the All Blacks let so many things happen. They let their couple Panga be drowned out by the, by the crowd. You couldn't even hear him on the Supersport mics. There, Jimmy Stonehouse sing Sweet Caroline at half time. Like, if that doesn't, like, push at the, 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 the value of the black jersey. I don't know what will. Imagine, 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 imagine we go to the New Zealand, and then oh well, we go to yeah, 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 we go to New Zealand, and then and then half time, it's just um, they stop performing Lord of the Rings there because because they're shot there. Just like, we're just gonna deal with that now. You know what I mean? Like we just like like we just gotta deal with Orlando Bloom just chilling here and just just like reenacting Lord of the Rings, or you know like Liam McDonald now he's singing. Le McDonald's is now doing the haka like just the the field. Like, what's going on here? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, Jimmy Stonehouse is singing off time, Sweet Caroline, and you guys are just okay with this. Like, this yeah. like this is, I think the whole black stuff, like, this is when, uh, this, I think there was, there was, like, someone said, they was playing grey this weekend, you know? Playing grey. Yeah. Um, uh, playing grey. Um, you know, like, that like, ugly you know, grey from 2007. Yeah, that's one. Um, playing grey. You, you, you throw your number one to the game. Don't you, you don't come in your tracksuit. No earphones. Um, uh, like like no snacks in between before the game. Just go back to your roots. Go back to go, go back to it started. No more these uh, uh protein bars and protein shakes for the game. Just go back. Just go back to 
to go back to the real Aotearoa. Go back to the real Aotearoa. Like, tell me, we used to watch these guys at four o'clock in the morning during COVID times because we missed it. <laughs> and now they've gone on a test match. Like, and also, if I see Ian Foster, I love you to bits. But if I see you, like, if I'm in close contact with you on Saturday, I'd like to, I'd like a word about Gordon Barrett, please. It's on, it's on just site. Security, just make sure security's there just in case, you know, it gets out of hand. You know, I'll make sure, I'll make sure it's post my working hours when I'm a free man. No, and like, you know what? The other thing that the New Zealanders just really have to do is maybe they just have to clean the sheds again. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe that's... They're losing <laughs> recipes there. They, they're not doing those things anymore. They need, they, they, need, they need to write a new book now. Remember that? What's it called? What's it called? The Jersey. Someone needs to write a new book again. Yes. But like, you can't talk about losing. Like, they need to, like, like bring that, the no DK's rule again and, and things like that. Yeah. Or, or, you know, just, just like, I think, yeah, I think the sheds... Yeah, it's been a while since I posted a video of them cleaning the sheds. Yeah, you are right, yeah, Like, maybe they're Vincent, as, as, as our famous director, I'm going to say. Maybe they're entitled. Rassi well, mentioned that you got entitled <laughs> once upon a time. Maybe it's happened to them. They got Vincent. They're not cleaning the sheds. No cleaning sheds. They're not loading those bags onto the bus like they did last year. Like, no, man, these, it's not the same, man. These these aren't the guys, man. And I, yo, we're sounding like those, like, old, like, we sound like Graham Souness now talking about Paul Pogba. But, you know, there's, I think there's just some things that are just maybe being lost there that, that's, you know, we're not following up on, on a certain fundamental things. I think Richie McCaw needs to, I think he needs to like come back. Whatever happens to whoever's the coach needs to come back for that first week when they come back to Auckland and just take them through a, a, a New Zealand or an all black values boot camp of some sort. No, hundred percent. That's, that's what you need. That's what they need. Tell her. Tell her these, these guys in this case, they could lose the business World cup. Imagine that. Imagine that. It's not out of the possibility. My question is though, before, sorry, sorry, Tyler, sorry, as you're wrapping up, like, let's say yeah. Scott Robertson does become the New Zealand head coach. So when does he break down now? Is it, does he break down when they win a Grand Slam? Does he break down when they win a <laughs> championship? Does he break down after they win, like, like you know, is, is this a very, like, does he put this in his contract? Was it, does he break down in the World Cup? Because like, there's all separate tournaments we're talking about here that require break downs. That's what I want to know. No. I think that has to be, I think that's what, I think Loki Heike, that's what's holding up the contract between Fost, I mean, um, Robertson and NZR is the breakdancing clause because I'm sure NZR is like, look, you can't just breakdance after every win or after every trophy because in world rugby, you get a trophy just by like by, for beating a team like these days. So it has to be only World Cups, play the slow rugby championship. Anything else? No, no, that doesn't deserve a break. Break dance. No, what about the? Is it the Freedom Cup? That is oh. a dance. That is also a dance, Tyler. That is borderline. That is it dance. depends on the <laughs> depends on the circumstances. If it's like a very big victory, then then sure. But like, I think that's where I think Robertson's agent and and NZR, That's what they're discussing right now. And maybe they're trying to push back and saying, look, he needs to break dance every game. Like that's what's going to get the team up there. Look. The Crusaders literally haven't lost a final since Scott Robertson did the breakdancing thing. So it surely works. Like well, if you need, it's a if you have help. that promise of the breakdance, that's where that's where you win. Well, he's a he's crying for help now because the last the last one was what, 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 what's pathetic. <laughs> like, what are you doing here, buddy? Like it's like a crying for help now. Like he's like like we need some new some some some, some spice now. <laughs> Which is maybe, yeah, maybe then that, that's a big call of limiting the breakdances for them. Yeah, I, look, yeah, we, I, like I said, we could definitely do another podcast on just New Zealand issues. But um, I think just to get um, a little bit more serious, the, I think for me, and the final thing with New Zealand, and the reason why clearly this era is not going to work is these guys had three weeks to fix their issues from the Iron Island test. And okay, they had maybe 10, 20 issues and they only maybe fixed two of them, which was the mall defense and the, 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 the general defense. But this Raymond's let them off the hook by not really testing them in, in their defense. No, there has been no fixes in their attack. Their kicking game just sort of didn't travel with them to South Africa. Their centers are literally running into each other at, at different phases. Their kick escort game is horrible. Like they're either running into people that are trying to catch kicks they're not protecting the, the 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 kick receiver. They're not in the right positions when they when they kick. The chase is so like ones and twos. It's it's actually quite like um, embarrassing. 
they're dropping balls. I don't know how many balls David Havili dropped. I don't like, and I'm look, I love David Havili. All of them, they dropped was... Songke, Songke, Bonke, <laughs> all of them, all of the above. I can't believe how many balls he dropped, and I can't believe he's actually playing on Saturday. Like, it was horrible. So, I don't care what happens this Saturday for the New Zealanders. A win would be actually hiding issues. If they don't think Foster's the man, they need to fire him right now. There's no other chance. Either say now, you're backing him to the World Cup, no matter what happens, because you're pretty much as bottom as you can go. Maybe if Scotland beats you in the end of your tour, that's even more bottom of, like bottom of the barrel. But they need to make a decision now. And I think the decision is that they need to fire um, Ian Foster. There hasn't been any measurable improvement in the last five test matches. They were just pretty much lucky in that 20-minute period against Ireland where they just scored each and every point possible and um, Ireland had Johnny Sexton off and they just lost their heads. They were not good before that in 2021. They were not good even before that was Steve Hansen where those issues were addressed. It's looking a lot like Manchester United with Alex Ferguson where they did win their last premiership under him, but the issues were there and they just never solved them. Like New United, they're still talking about getting a striker getting a midfielder for the, like the last 10 years. And the All Blacks are talking about the same things, getting a replacement for Nanu, getting a replacement for Kaino, getting a replacement for Owen Franks. It's the same issues. So whatever happens on Saturday, and I'm predicting a Springbok win, a pretty big Springbok win. I think this, for the Springboks, this is the test match to return serve on, on that 57-0 on Albany. And look, I, I don't think the Springboks will necessarily get 57 points, but this needs to be a, 47-20 type of victory. Like, open the game up at a certain stage and just go ham on this team because this team is also, like, and I think the most, the, the biggest indictment on the New Zealanders, and I, I hate using words like this because I, I, I am sure players used their full effort in the game, but the fight wasn't there. And it seems like with the All Blacks, you score a few tries on them, you open that gap, they won't really fight back in, 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 in the test match. So if the Springboks can get a big early lead, it could get really late for the New Zealanders. Like their biggest loss ever is, I think, by 26 points. There's a very good chance that that will be broken today. But I am predicting probably a 25-point victory, but a you know, 48-23 type of victory for, for, for the Springboks. And this should be the last test match that Ian Foster coached as the head coach. Put in um, Joe Schmidt as the head coach. Put in Scott Robertson as the assistant. If Joe Schmidt can't travel um, for away matches, that's fine. Scott Robertson is the coach when they travel away. But yeah, do what the French did in 2018 where they had Jacques Brunel and they had Fabien Gaultier as the assistant coach. Like this pretty much send a message to everyone that, you know what, this World Cup, whatever happens, happens. But we're now starting to pre prepare for 2027. And then, yeah, we, they must start tanking like they do in the NBA, um, in the NBA and, and start trusting the process. Like, now is the time to start building for 2027 if, you know, they're not going to be able to fix these fundamental issues. Okay, that's my long rant. Cooks, what, what's your, uh, how, do you, how do you see Saturday going? Taylor, I think you need to hit the nail on the head. I think, especially from a Springboks perspective, I think the All Blacks are in the trenches. I mean, there's no way to describe that. And I think, the Springboks, what they're going to do is put them deeper and deeper into those trenches. Don't give them a sign of hope. Don't give them a sign of life because a side like this that's fighting for its life is just looking for a, a sort of a glimmer of hope. Um, you know, let's say winning is a habit, but losing can be one as well. You can sort of see that the All Blacks, when, when, when the sort of things don't go to plan, they, they, sort of, they sort of retreat and fold. They remind me a lot of the 2017 Springboks under, under Alistair before us took over. We had that, we had that yeah. series against France where we won and we looked, and it looked like we were playing decent rugby and sort of looked like we were sort of putting things together. Warren Whiteley was leading us and we played good rugby. Sia was his ball carrying base and things sort of looked okay. And that series sort of reminds me of, 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 of the All Blacks against the first test against Ireland. But then we lost a game and then Albany happened. And then for some, then we just could not get back. Like, we lost one game and then it's, it just spiraled. 57-0, this game, this game. They always showed hard at one point, lost the All Blacks in Cape Town, but the writing was on the wall. In Ireland, sort of, sort of put, put the final nail in the, in the coffin, then we lost to Wales. 
and it just felt like, man, it's not the game. It looked like we we're doing something right, but then, poof, once we lost the game, I think it's the All Blacks. So I think, and what we need to be, what we need to do is, what we need to do what Ireland did to us in 2017 and bury this team. They, 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 they really, they, our job is to go out there and bury this team. They're in a dark place, and I think the box you to keep them there, and they can keep them there. But it is the All Blacks. Like I said, <laughs> it's it's so hard to like write them off because it's the All Blacks, right? It's that's what they are, and but they aren't the All Blacks anymore. And I think sometimes their name is sort of carrying carrying them in their weight. And yeah. If there's any other team in world rugby, even who predicts the box win twenty five points, twenty points, you know what I mean? Comfortably, we're happy about that. But it's the All Blacks. But I do see the box. I, I, I do see more points in it. I think it'll be around about something about. 38-22 to the spring box. Um, I think we'll score a lot more points, I think. Um, but there'll also be a third, I think, we'll just pull away. I think, I, think the, 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 I just want the, the better side always rise to the top, and I think that's going to be the spring box. I think um, the box are starting to show, last week we asked them to show why the best, why this is the best in the world, and they did that. And now the next phase is, because when you're the best team in the world, there's always another test, right? There's always another team waiting for you. But now the next test is now, you're a great last week. Let's build on that now. Things you did well last week. Let's let's do that all and add more onto it, and sort of give a better performance. If the box are better than last week, the All Blacks, I don't think it's still a chance. And but I do think the box are going to win. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, it's time for a change in in New Zealand and um, mm. whatever it is. But yeah, like uh, like they say, they have the players. They do have the players, but like in terms of key players. But in terms of the bats, the classic, but there's a whole lot going on there. And it's, it's not even the, the team. It's like at the top as well. It's, it's a mess there as well. So there's a lot, there's a lot that needs to change. And, uh, and I always felt that Robertson should have taken over in 2020, not because Foster's not a good coach. I just think after having the Hanson, Foster, um, oh, the Graham Henry regime with all that mix for, for about 16 years, Mm. And Foster having been there, I just thought the way they lost to England was time for a change. They needed a breath of fresh air. And and I thought Scott Robertson would have been the breath of fresh air they needed then. Just just and there's nothing wrong with that in life. It happens to great teams. Like and it's it's a cycle. Like you just sometimes you just need a breath of fresh air and sometimes things do do run its course. And um it, it's either like Eddie Jones says, either you change yourself or you change your management. And and Eddie Jones has been good at changing the sort of the players, the, the players that, that come in or the coaches that come in, is always trying to fresh things up. And, and, and he does that at the expense of being berated. Whereas All Blacks sort of, I feel like they, they, they seem the only team not trying to change and sometimes it sort of hurts you. And that, and it's finally caught up with them. And, not, and it's not them being, I think it's them being bad, but also the other teams having caught up and also gone a lot better as well. Because again, if, you, if you're so good, like, and All Blacks keep saying they're the masters of innovation, but you can't innovate if you're doing the same things over in, in terms of your coaches. Sometimes you need to start from fresh. Sometimes you need something like a razor to come in, someone young, someone fresh, fresh. And, I, and, and that's, what, that's what I feel like I need. I think this might be, I think this needs to be the final dagger. I think this is it. R.I.P. Ian Foster. Well, that is our preview for the second test match and the second game week of the Rugby Championship. Cooks, thank you as always for joining. Um, I think we are looking forward to a big weekend, um, probably a, a big weekend and just the, 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 the seismic um, uh, aftershocks from what will happen on Saturday because, I mean, we haven't really discussed it, but <laughs> a Springbok loss would also be a bit embarrassing after the, the last few weeks. But um, yeah, I think we're both quite confident in a pretty big Springbok win. New Zealand, yeah, something has to change or something has to click. Um, in the next 80 minutes or after the test. Um, so be it either change in the, a change on the field or change off the field, something has to happen because, I mean, yeah, there, there's, there's too many sort of players or good players that, should be, that shouldn't be allowing sort of this, this, this downward spiral to happen right now. So we will look forward to a big weekend in the rugby championship. We'll look forward to two games with, um, in South African and Argentina respect, respectively. And yeah, we... Uh, seeing, uh, we're looking forward to see how, how those two shake up. So thank you so much, Cooks, for joining. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. This is the Rugby Bits podcast, and this is the preview for the second game week of the Rugby Championship. Listen to this on Friday afternoon or Saturday morning before the games. You have 
a nice um, a nice day or so to to listen to this. And yeah, let's see how this goes. So thank you so much for joining us. Please visit the Rugby Bits social media pages. Please visit bet.co.za and, and join them for any um, betting um, on rugby or other sports that you'd like to do. And we will see you in the next podcast. Bye-bye.